Hello my friends, welcome back to Just One More Opinion. My name is Charlie, and today I am doing a retrospective on Spider-Man PS4, the 2018 Insomniac Marvel superhero game that has given fans a chance to be everyone's favorite webhead, swing through New York City, and fight off supervillains in a spectacular fashion. I'll be also discussing briefly the 2020 shorter game, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and this is all in preparation for the next game in the franchise, which hopefully gets released next year. So yeah, let's begin! Before I actually start with the episode, guys, I just want to say that I'm not recording at my usually recording my usual recording space. That's because uh, my mom is working from home and my brother has online classes. So the space I usually use um, would my, my voice would disturb them, <laughs> uh, basically. So I'm recording at another place in my house, and the audio might be a tad worse. Hopefully you can still hear me just fine, and yeah, let's go to the episode. I'm gonna start with a quick review slash summary of the game, and then discuss specifics. So yeah, Spider-Man PS4 lets you be Spider-Man in a world where Peter Parker has been bitten by a radioactive bug at least seven years prior to the events of the game. Therefore, he has made many enemies along the way, including Wilson Fisk, who, he, who you take out at the start of the game, and the Kingpin's apprehension creates a void in the underground world of illicit activities. And someone may, uh, named Mr. Negative and his terrorist group called the Demons quickly take hold of the city, leaving New York citizens in fear. Peter needs to stop the demons and discover Mr. Negative's plans as Spidey while balancing his life, his daily life as a friendly neighborhood man, or a young adult, a <laughs> man. The gameplay mechanics are fun and swinging really is therapeutic. The characters are fleshed out and have their own moments to shine, but for me, it is the story itself that made me go and replay this game a second and a third time. The graphics also are, are gorgeous, New York City really feels alive, and the relationships and dynamics between Peter and the rest of the characters is one of the best aspects of this game for sure. After replaying the game, I still felt connected to the story. I had chills at the same moments I did the first time, but some of the traversal mechanisms and fighting gameplay moves felt like they could have used with a bit more tweaking. But hey, a sequel is definitely coming, so fingers crossed for some improvements on these features. Overall, Spider-Man PS4 is a must-play for fans of the superhero genre. In my opinion, a close second to Rocksteady's Batman Arkham City in terms of story. And overall, just a fun experience as Spidey, one of the most popular superheroes of all time. If I had to rate it, I would give it a solid 8.5 out of 10. And yeah, now I'll go into a bit more detail, get into spoiler territory. 
and discuss first characters. Obviously, Peter Parker is phenomenal, or dare I say, spectacular. The empathy and quirkiness of Peter is clear from the get-go, and Spider-Man is the hero New York City needs and deserves. Letting his play as both, uh, as both, you know, hero and <laughs> man was a good call, but I wanted even more of Peter. Peter gameplay, maybe doing the stealthy investigations MJ does. And speaking of which, MJ, this rendition of the famous love interest, is she's unique in the sense that she is not just a love interest uh, to Spidey, she has her own agenda and goals, and she doesn't need Peter to save her all the time, something she makes very clear throughout the game, which I think is totally understandable. <laughs> and makes her more grounded than, for example, Kirsten Dunst's MJ in the Raimi trilogy, who was always, literally always, the girl in distress by the end of the film. Every film. Um, however, MJ's gameplay feels repetitive and, and sometimes boring, and I would have preferred to have the ability to skip her missions when I was replaying it, because they're they feel more like cinematic uh, cutscenes. This leads me to the third and final playable character in the game, Miles Morales. What a refreshing addition to this game, having Miles uh, already in this universe and playing as him pre-Spider-Bite. The difficulty he has with coping with the loss of his father is an analogy to the loss of Uncle Ben to Peter and how he dealt with it. And that might have been too on the nose, but I think the story neatly justified this parallel between Peter and Miles, establish, establishing the latter as a quote-unquote perfect candidate for the super title of Spider-Man, which we have already experienced a couple of months ago when Spider-Man Miles Morales was released for the PS4 and PS5. I'll talk about that in a bit. And now some of the, some of the side characters... Um, like Aunt May or and Yuri Watanabe, both of which are not really essential to the general plot of the story, but they they allow they allow us to see though the, these great dynamics and conversation between them and Peter, and those are really those are really nice to see Peter in a normal situation outside of the uh, of all the fighting and and <laughs> and jokes he tries to make while battling enemies um and obviously that ending though oh my i'm not gonna lie i cried the first and second maybe even you know on the third time i replayed it um seeing peter do this do the ultimate sacrifice facing the ultimate dilemma choosing between his aunt may and his city was deep 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 and utterly heartbreaking to watch uh, but we also have <laughs> we also have some big villains in this game the first one is Martin Lee as Mr. Negative initially presumed to be the big villain of the game um, and Lee is a great addition to the to a Spider-Man game we hadn't seen him in any previous um, games or like media outside of outside of the um, of the comics, and his motives are genuine, 
and complex, which I'll talk more of in a while. And his abilities, his power, is unlike any other in Spidey's rogues gallery, which is also refreshing. We also have Norman Osborn as the mayor, and not Green Goblin just yet. And his presence is strong, and even though we don't actually fight him, he is definitely a villainous individual. But to me, the best character of the game is Dr. Otto Octavius. God, I... Guys, I, I felt for Otto. I understood his descent into madness. He, he's just a man wanting to do some good for humanity after a lifetime of, of feeling mediocre. His mentor-mentee relationship with Peter feels real and that camaraderie is what makes it so impactful and heartbreaking when at the end Spider-Man confronts Doc Ock and it's revealed that Octavius knew all along that Peter is Spider-Man. It, it was just brutal. Brutal. But yeah, th these character arcs and the dynamics between between them are the second best thing about this game, in my opinion. And the first is the story. The story of Spider-Man PS4 is incredible. I believe it to be original and the twists and turns are unexpected and they pay off in a big way. Mr. Negative and the Demon's plan to get Devil's Breath creates all this mystery regarding what it is and what's what's its connection connection to Oscorp. We have not one but two little missions with uh, against the the Shocker which were which were all right, not great, but not bad. And we have this apparent side story with Peter and Dr. Octavius working on their lab trying to have a scientific breakthrough to help humanity and all that was really endearing to see. But after introducing Norman Osborn as an intellectual enemy to Otto, it was clear that there was some beef between the two scientists. So, <laughs> when Octavius reveals to Peter that he and Norman created Oscorp together, I mean, wow. Wow, <laughs> my mind was blown. Story-wise, it was a smart decision, but for a fan such as myself, that was just simply cool, so cool. Uh, <laughs> and as the story progresses and we get a sense of why Martin Lee wants Osborne to pay and why Octavius wants Osborne to pay, and what Osborne has actually done, things get really interesting, really fast. After Spidey seemingly defeats Lee for good and sends him to prison, uh, Peter relaxes for a bit and helps out his mentor on their project, and that's when we have uh, we finally see Dr. Octopus's mechanical arms. And the reasoning for their creation, again, was realistic and smart, that being that they were gonna be used by Otto in his laboratory work and help him with this debilitating condition, which is another sad note in Otto's sad tale, who unfortunately could not suppress his anger towards Osborne anymore, and so he creates the Sinister Six. Ah, 
by breaking uh, Electro, Rhino, Scorpion, Vulture, and Mr. Negative out of the Raft prison, as well as many other small criminals. And uh, this was, uh, that was a cool, uh, cool sequence. But while I loved listening to Octavius's messages to each member of the villainous new team and their um, requirements for working uh, for him, the Electro Vulture and the Rhino Scorpion fights fell flat, in my opinion. I would have preferred either fighting all four at the same time or each one individually. Fighting them in pairs was actually too easy, even at the hardest difficulty and pretty quick as well. Their suits, though, look amazing, so props to that. But after taking that down these four uh, super easily, super quick, um, we finally discover why Martin Lee wants revenge on Osborne. He and Octavius had given a young Martin the GR27 serum, aka Devil's Breath, to treat his condition, but instead of treating him, of curing him, he turned into negative energy and inadvertently killed his poor parents. Norman decided to cover this up, and Otto lived in shame after that, knowing what had happened and knowing that nobody knew what Norman and himself did. Thus, Lee and Otto's motives to turn to crime and terror feel justified, kind of. Their pain and sorrow were just too much to bear, and they had a carnal need for revenge against Norman. But Spider-Man still had to stop them, regardless of what Norman had done, and he is able to prevent Mr. Negative from killing Norman with the help of Silver Sable, who, side note, has uh, her own private security organization, Sable International, which was hired uh, at the, I don't know if it was at the beginning or middle of the story by Norman to protect him, which I thought was okay. Not one of my favorite aspects of the game, though. And yes, Spidal is able to stop Mr. Negative, but Octavius shows up and takes Norman Osborn with him, leading to one of the heaviest final battles ever for me. Not because it was hard to beat, uh, but the setup, the emotional stakes, just everything, everything. It was a lot, <laughs> and it was amazing. So, yeah, uh, after that, Doc Ock is beaten, the city is safe, and Peter is sadly mourning the loss of Aunt May, who also knew he was Spider-Man for a while. Again, what a tearjerker. And then, we have two post-credit scenes. One, foreshadowing Miles Morales, playable as Spider-Man. And the second one, and the most insane moment of the game is that last post-credit scene. We see Norman Osborn opening a huge capsule inside a secret room at his penthouse where he is keeping his ill son Harry Osborn who is attached to a freaking symbiote. This was insane in so many levels. First, 
Now we understand why Norman was experimenting with GR27 and other formulas, giving his character some actual motives for his, for his evil actions. Secondly, the appearance of the symbiote and its connection to Harry was surprising to say the least. And the mystery behind Norman's possession of it also, again, what a shock. And thirdly, just the cliffhanger nature of this scene. <laughs> it, it gave fans basically a confirmation that a sequel was already being uh, discussed and possibly worked on, which is awesome. Which is awesome, just, yeah. And overall, I think this story was just great. I believe it to, to be, like I said, like a very original story with my favorite Marvel superhero. And yeah, the finale, the, the, the character dynamics, the, the villain's motives are, for me, the best parts of this game. Although, the gameplay is really great too, so let's talk about it. The gameplay in Spider-Man PS4 is super fun, challenging, yet smooth. Traversing the city has never been so pleasant and relaxing. The mechanics are easy to use, um, and they look good. Even if at points you lose your flow by getting stuck in a wall after a great swing, which can be annoying. Um, but fighting bad guys, bad, bad guys is, is dope. Really fun. Spidey's moves are just what you expect Spidey to do. And webbing enemies in stealth encounters can be pretty thrilling and funny. We also have eight gadgets, uh, spider gadgets, to use. And while I... I really enjoyed most of them. Some seemed to not really belong, like the suspension matrix and the concussive blast, even though I loved <laughs> making enemies fly off the rooftop using that last one. It was really fun. And you can also make use of your suit power. And there are a bunch of them, which, bear with me, can be unlocked by unlocking the suit they're attached to, and the suits can be unlocked by doing side activities which give you tokens. And I am not a fan of this whole system. Um, the suits are great though, <laughs> let me say that, but I had a lot of issues with these features. First, when you unlock a suit and it's uh, suit power, you can use another suit with that power and vice versa, making that link between suit and power, meaningless, just meaningless, if I can just fully customize that specific area. Really, what's, what's the point? Secondly, tokens are used for gadget upgrades and unlocking suits. And suits are, are only really worth um, for the aesthetic and that singular power, yes while gadgets are much more useful and helpful in, in gameplay, so I prioritized upgrading the gadgets. So yeah, the, the, the tokens, ah, I'm not really a fan of them. The first time I played, I, I didn't really mind them, but when I replayed it, I felt bored by trying to complete every single side activity with the, with the bonus obje uh, objectives to get those tokens, because for me, the issue is that I do enjoy unlocking stuff, uh, suits, whatever, 
by doing things, not redoing things. And this game <laughs> made me redo things to get those bonus bonus objectives, and thus more tokens. And that's really annoying, in my opinion, at least. Also, suit mods. Uh, they're also unlocked by the same token, yes. And you can only use three at a time, only three. And I don't know if you guys found this fine or annoying like me, but I kind of thought that it was pretty... Um, I don't know. It was just odd that they made this choice of having only three because I didn't really change my selection that, that much or that often. Whenever there's a game where you can, uh, we have to pick a certain number of um, powers, abilities, whatever, from a bigger number of powers, abilities, whatever, I usually never really change. Only when I unlock something better. But when I, I when I do, when I unlock the three best um, things for 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 me, for me as a character, for me as a player. I don't really see the point in unlocking the rest because I cannot add on to what I, to, to my to my setup. So yeah, I, I don't really like when games offer us these choices because maybe they're tough to do and I don't like doing that. I, I don't know. Anyway, let's continue. Uh, the finishers and some of the different types of moves that Spidey can do were really enjoyable. Everything felt efficient and effortless. For me, the only thing I need to point out was the dodge. Sometimes I would see an enemy come towards me and I would dodge before my spidey sense kicked in. So, yeah, I would get hit because he would just... Anyway, yeah, that was a bit bothersome uh, too, even though I kind of get it. Like, I need to dodge at the right time. I dodge, Even though I saw him come for me and I dodge before, it doesn't... Yeah, wh whatever. <laughs> uh, lastly... The other thing that upset me was the existence of those timed uh, button mashing moments. You know, they they work for some games with the suspense of pressing it at the exact same time or for, for the exact same duration or in the exact order that they're shown. But I don't think they should be used in a game like this one. At least that's, yeah, that's my opinion, just one more opinion. Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> My god. Um, overall, the gameplay mechanics are pretty solid, with just a few tweaks needed here and there. Uh, but nevertheless, I still love roaming the city. I think it's so... It feels like therapy, honestly. It feels like therapy. And I really enjoy knocking enemies out, hordes of them, on a rooftop, wh whatever it is. I just really enjoy it. And yeah, let's move on. Two side missions and citywide activities. I have to say, um, these were not my favorite at all. I've played a bunch of different open world games, and in this one, um, the best activities really are the collection of the backpacks. And those are collectibles. It's one of the few. It's one of the few collectibles in video games that I, that for me actually matter that I was interested in checking out, mostly because they had a story with them, a Spider-Man story, and I'm really I'm a huge fan of Spider-Man, so that was cool for me. Um, and yeah, all the 
All the enemy hideouts and warehouses and such were fun to take down at first, but soon became too repetitive. The environments looked the same. Um, and yeah, and the addition of the bonus objectives, like I mentioned, kind of annoyed me because I do not wish to go back and take down all the enemies to achieve a 85 plus multiplier. Even though I love, I do love challenges, the, these types of challenges, um, they just become irritating at times, really. The tombstone side missions were alright, but it was the only, the only super villain quest outside the main story. We had Black Cat's stakeouts, um, which were kind of a setup for her DLC portion. We had Taskmaster's challenges that became too repetitive and boring, in my opinion. And yeah, we did fight him eventually, but that was uh, that was all right, nothing special. And we had that one mission with Screwball, um, which I didn't find that interesting, and I didn't even know the character beforehand, so I was really disappointed with the uh, overall lack of villains outside of the main story. Of course, the main story has lots of them, and that's cool. Um, and yeah, we also have the, um, the Harry Osborne's research stations. And I'm a bit torn on these, because on the one hand, it's nice to have this side story with Harry wanting to do good for the environment um, and learning more about him and his relationship with his late mom. But the missions themselves were not really appealing to me. The same with catching pigeons. Pigeons! Cat... Pfft, my, my god. Anyway. Uh, and all the other, like, one mission side activities were also pretty lackluster. Um, yeah. And finally, the crimes in progress. And I think this is pretty unanimous amongst the fans. They just became too repetitive. Not really urgent at all and the fact that they were part of the completion of every section of the city and not just like randomized activities um uh, i mean uh, why why do that anyway some of the best things about open world games is the activities you can do after you finish the main story and in that regard spider-man ps4 really disappointed But, a few months after its release, we got the City That Never Sleeps DLC. And I must say, I was not really a fan of it the first time I played it. And replaying it, that feeling mostly remained. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy how heavy it was on stable weaponry throughout the entirety of it. But the, clap, the, but the, um, the Black Cat missions were pretty good, actually. Um, I would have enjoyed, though, a little fight with her, just because we could have. Um, but the story about her, Peter, and her son was really interesting. And overall, the first segment of this DLC was okay. Uh, the second one, with Hammerhead, uh, was alright. His involvement with Sable Tech felt odd. I would have preferred, for example, if he, if he tried to take down Wilson Fisk's men and created um, some prison riots, so we could go back to the raft and fight inside of it, maybe against both Kingpin and Hammerhead. That would, that would have been really cool. But he is portrayed as this guy who wants to upgrade himself, literally until he's turned into 
Frankenstein's monster. And that didn't really sit well for me. Um, and then we have the third section and final section of the DLC, Silver Lining, bringing back Silver Sable to fight against Hammerhead um, now as a full mechanical beast. Ugh. Oh my god, the final battle was really underwhelming, in my opinion. We are taken out of the map just to fight uh, on top of the um, Sable's um, like floating hover ship, whatever, against Emmerhead and his goons, all upgraded in Sable armor. And yeah, I, I bet some people like that, um, but I did not, sadly. And yeah, Fighting off against the Magia is cool throughout the, the, the DLC, as the this another criminal organization to take down. Hideouts and such show up again, and I've expressed my feelings on those. Screwball challenges, <laughs> substitute taskmasters challenges, and um, I kind of hated it. Not gonna lie, I did not see a point in them being there. Um, and yeah, the side mission is about the original Black Cat and about Yuri's um, turn to evil were surprisingly pleasant, even if it was basically just a search for stolen goods and recordings. I don't know, I, I appreciate appreciated them quite a lot I love finding like I, fi I love these complex side stories um, inside of the, a game like this so that yeah I appreciated that quite well and then came 2020 and with it some new spider-man content in the form of Miles Morales own game I did not see that coming when it was announced last summer, especially when the <laughs> when the release date was holiday 2020, months just after that first trailer. What a bold move by Insomniac, and I gotta admit, I was pretty excited for it, even though it was apparently much shorter than the original game, and then, and then I played it, and it was indeed much much, much shorter than I thought, and not really worth the full price that I paid for it, which was, I believe, uh, I think it's 10 euros, dollars, pounds, um, less than a normal PS4 game, but the reduction should have been bigger, because I finished the game far too quickly. Granted, it was 2020, November, the world was happening, there was not a lot of things to do, but it was still a, such a short game for the price that they asked. Don't get me wrong, Miles is great, and his, his Venom bioelectrical powers and gameplay was awesome. The best part about, about it, without a question. And the story is pretty good, even if short, like I said. What they did with the Tinkerer character was fresh, different, and adding that Adding the Prowler to the game, to this gaming universe, was great. I think it was really nice. Um, the side activities were more of the same. I don't know if they released this game just to have one Spider-Man ga game with um, with Miles as its only protagonists, since maybe the next Spider-Man uh, Peter Parker-led game will perhaps have Miles as a 
multiplayer option or for side activities or hopefully that is my wish to have him as a, a menu option where you can change to him whenever you, you want but the main stories like remain attached to either Peter and Miles you cannot swap those um, we'll see I think that maybe that was the case like creating this story a short story with C or B level villains as our enemies so we can save the best ones like Craven, Mysterio, Green Goblin and Venom for the sequel uh, and also we could have Miles Morales have his, his own game and nevertheless I, I think technically this was a great game it is fun and they made a wise decision in the, the in recycling New York City but could the story be a bit longer, just like three, four hours longer? Yes, definitely. Was the gameplay slightly refreshing and cool? Of course it was, of course. Is Miles a phenomenal protagonist? Without a freaking question. Am I more excited for the next game now that we had Spider-Man Miles Morales as its own standalone entry. Um, duh, of course, yeah. But um, well, yeah, it was it was it was pretty short. <laughs> it was a pretty short game. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, I'll talk more more about the sequel in another episode, um, which I will upload very soon. With all that said. Um, some final thoughts. I love, I just love Spider-Man PS4. It's one of my favorite video games. I love the story. I love being Spidey. The graphics are amazing. And I love fighting against hordes of bad people. Um, yeah, the, everything is just spectacular. It's, it's just amazing. It's just friendly. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. No. There's a lot of things that could have been tweaked in this game, but I'm I'm sure the guys at Insomniac and Marvel are aware of that. They are they're aware of what fans want improved. So yeah, we'll see what they do. But yeah, like I said before, some of the side content fell flat at some points, became too repetitive or too boring. Um, even if we do have these cool references made here and there in regards to to Spidey's superhero history. But definitely, for now, for now, this is the ultimate Spider-Man gaming experience. And that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this amazing, friendly neighborhood episode. Stay tuned for more Spider-Man PS4-related content. Uh, for now, that is all, though. I'll talk to you soon. This has been just one more opinion. I have been Charlie, and you have been spectacular. Take care, and goodbye.